Prologue Somewhere in Florida Motorists watched helplessly as the man in a panda suit was beaten stupid in front of the strip mall. His bulbous black and white head had been twisted around so the eye holes were over his left ear, blinding him to vicious rib stomps. A second, smaller panda had escaped with the aid of a skateboard and a stun gun. As they say in the Sunshine State, if you don't like the weather, wait a few seconds. Same thing with boredom. Moments earlier, it was normal. A red light turned green. Drivers accelerated and resumed driving duties. Painting nails, playing invisible drums, making out, taking selfies, rehearsing arguments for upcoming pricks, eating pasta. The traffic wove around motorized wheelchairs and women pushing baby strollers full of scrap metal and attic insulation. Others wheeled luggage far from any transportation hub. In the highway's median, people sat in lawn chairs selling bags of shrimp in the sun. A prostitute who couldn't get anyone's attention took a seat at a bus stop and filled out an application for the border patrol. Inside a nearby building, a man in a baseball cap and dark sunglasses approached a window and handed a robbery note to the teller, who looked up. Sir, this is where you pay your water bill. The man sighed again in a long, imprecise life footnoted entirely by size. He went out and took a seat next to the hooker. They both sagged in the humidity and gazed across the road at a cardboard arrow. Chinese buffet. The red and yellow arrow was twirled by a dancing panda with earphones inside his costume head. The panda was required to learn new choreography to increase his pay, but the mobility of the panda arms was holding him back. The headphones played an audiobook about improving relationships by talking less. Next to him was his partner, a smaller panda who wore a kamikaze bandana and waved his own sign indicating Sino-Japanese detente. Sushi. The tiny panda flung his sign in the air and caught it behind his back, worth an extra 75 cents an hour and a growing source of tension with the larger panda. Traffic lights continued changing. A hooker licked a postage-paid envelope with penalty for private use. Shrimp went bad. Such is the milieu of modern inertia. Then the Florida unboredom switch was thrown. A Toyota screeched to the curb, outpoured more costumes, pirate, Statue of Liberty, gorilla, and a large foam pizza with a pepperoni-colored face in the middle. There they are! Get them! The beatdown had begun. The gorilla wrenched the bigger panda's head sideways and thrust a knee to the groin. Then they all piled on, clubbing him with his own cardboard arrow. The pirate went for the smaller bear. Ah! He zapped me! Out in the street, a thunderous roar as a massive vintage motorcycle idled up to a red light. High handlebars, low-slung seat, gleaming chrome forks. The rider wore amber-tinted hippie sunglasses as he stared at the Statue of Liberty peeing on an advertising arrow. Suddenly yelling from the other three corners of the intersection. Hey, leave them alone! The new people all dropped their own arrows and dashed through traffic. The gorilla finished dumping a garbage can on the bear. We better get out of here! The attackers crammed back into the Toyota and sped off as other sign spinners arrived and helped the panda into a sitting position. Bill, are you okay? The motorcyclist calmly removed his sunglasses and wiped them with a lint-free cloth. 
He watched as they pulled off the panda head and opened a first aid kit. Another turf war, said Serge, replacing the sunglasses and nodding to himself. The economy is bouncing back. The light turned green and he cranked up the stereo in his helmet. Born to be wild. The chopper roared away.